You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Rives, and today's episode is episode 26, Do This, Not That, the Assessment Edition. Do you ever feel a little tightness in your chest at the thought of assessments? I get to, because giving assessments is time-consuming, and collecting all that data can be messy, and then you've got to figure out how to even use the results that you collected. It can get pretty overwhelming pretty quickly. So today I want to share some do's and don'ts that I may have learned the hard way with assessing preschoolers. Let's go ahead and jump in. So I'm going to break these up into do's and then the don'ts, and then I'll kind of elaborate on them for you. So the first one, do plan ahead. (laughs) Don't wait until the second week of school like I did one year. Through the years, I found that it is a lot easier if I just go ahead and before the children even come, have all my assessment copies done, have my assessment notebook ready and whatever else I need to get ready to just go ahead and have it ready for those kiddos. I may not have to put names on them or anything like that, but just having the stack ready to go makes it so that I don't have to spend any extra time after school or any weekends trying to figure it all out. I found that this really helps me feel more prepared because when I didn't do it, it left me feeling like off and it left me going, oh no, like now I have to go make all those copies and I have to get all this ready. And man, I wish I just had this ready to go so that I could just jump right into it. So First do, plan ahead. Don't wait if you can, because when you are starting the year preschool, you're getting all the things ready and there's a lot of great excitement and you've got great energy. And then, you know, if you wait a couple of weeks into when the kids have already came, that energy is gone. It's been used up by the little creatures in your classroom. So go ahead and do it before so that you don't hit that overwhelm and that, oh my goodness, I just want to go take a nap and not do this. Next up, do be intentional. Don't wing it. Winging it used to be my forte. And sometimes if I'm not careful, I slide right back into that. Don't just create assessments or, you know, assess for these goals because they seem like what a preschool teacher should be doing. Be intentional. Ask yourself, why am I assessing this? Is this really something that they need to be assessed on? Because what is the purpose of assessment? It's to give us information so that we can help guide them and guide their learning. So if it's something that you are not going to even touch on, like teaching them their birth date, then don't assess it because you're not going to be using the data that you collect. And if you don't go ahead and think through these things, you're just wasting time and you're pulling children away from something that really interests them when they're playing in centers or, you know, doing some other activities and you don't actually use that data. 
So this is something that I learned the hard way because I was winging it. And when you wing it, you just try to pull things together and get it done. But really, we need to look at why we're assessing that skill and what can we gain from assessing it in the first place. All right, the next do is do map out how parts of your assessment plan relate to one another. Don't let your assessments separate into pieces that lead you to a non-cohesive plan. This was the biggest way that I got my assessments in order. I had to see this bird's eye view of how it fit together. So for me, I had one section of how I was assessing students. Many times this was through games, observations, activities. How was I seeing what they knew about the skill that was being looked for? So I had that piece. Then I also had the, how am I going to keep track of the data piece? So the, you know, student recording sheet where I'm going to write down what I'm observing, what I'm seeing about a specific skill for a specific student. And then I had the section of what do I do with this information? So making sure that all these things align, and then I'm actually looking at them as a cohesive plan rather than just separate little pieces is really what made the difference. And for sure, it's pretty easy. And it was pretty easy for me to connect the student, you know, observations, figuring out what they know with collecting the data. So I see what they're doing. I observe that. I test them on a specific skill and I record that. So those two kind of went hand in hand. It's that other piece that kind of gets lost. The Now what do I do with it? So when I already think about how these pieces connect, I can already have this plan of, okay, I'm going to collect the data and then I'm going to use it in this way, whether it be through small group, whether it be through individual, you know, activities, whether it be through whole group, if we're seeing that lots of children are having this same need for learning a skill, we could do it through whole group. However, that is having that plan and really seeing how those things relate help make it more clear that your assessment plan is actually meant to do something, not just to collect data for. This next do kind of dives deeper into one of the pieces from the last do and don't. And that is do consider how you plan to assess students. Don't assume that all assessment processes are the same. So you could do this in whole group, in small group, one-on-one, what is the best setting for your students and for the skill? It might be something you can observe in more of a whole group setting. Maybe it's something that you really need students to do one-on-one to really see what they know instead of the peers around them. It really depends on the skill and your students. And, you know, you also can think about instead of drill and practice, could playing games to observe skills be the best choice for our students? So instead of name all these letters or name these color flashcards when I put them up, sometimes that is the easiest way for us to do it. And sometimes that is what we have to do to get it done. But how else can we assess these things in activities that we already are planning? So we already have this activity where we're going to sit down and play a small group game how can I make some observation notes 
about what they already know. And then I don't even have to go do that other thing. I don't even have to go formally do this assessment because I am watching as they are, you know, counting on their board when they're playing a fill it up game. And I can see if they're moving from left to right with a return sweep. I can see if they're counting with one-to-one correspondence. So I can go ahead and jot that down as an observation. And I don't necessarily need to do this extremely formal thing if I've already seen it. More do's and don'ts about using the data you've collected. So do have an idea or a plan in mind with how you're going to use the data that you've collected from your assessments. Don't just assess to assess because it seems like something you should be doing. Make a plan or at least, you know, really go through a deeper thought process of how am I going to use these results? So I now know that this child needs help with this skill. What does that look like? And so many times for me, it will look like looking at the class as a whole on that skill. Is this a skill that a lot of friends are needing extra support in? If yes, then I'm taking it to more whole group activities. If it is a skill that just several friends are needing a little bit of help with, I'm taking that to a small group activity while the rest of the friends in the class are playing in the centers. Or is this really kind of just one child needing this help and not really anyone else. So this is where I can sit down with them individually. I can reach out to parents. I can have them try to help and give them ideas and ways to help with this skill as well. So it's really looking at it kind of as a whole class, figuring out how we want to go about focusing on this skill because it really guides your planning. If you see from your assessments, that all your children in your class or most of your children in your class and majority know their shapes and can name them. This may not be something that you want to focus on for a circle time activity or a circle time game because it's something that they already get. Now, I'm not saying that going back and reviewing it would not be great, but it may not be your central focus. So you can't just say, you know, the first month of school, we're going to work on shapes at circle time. And it's all going to be about shapes because they may not need that. And you could be doing something else with that time. So really think about how I want to use these results that I'm collecting in a way that helps drive more learning. The last do and don't is do take into consideration how you want to report the assessment results. Don't leave parents and guardians in the dark. So what works best for your situation? What is required by either your center or your school district? What would that look like? So is a report card something that you have to do? Would a portfolio be best for you? Do you plan on having conferences with parents? If so, how often? All of these answers are really important to when you need to assess how often you need to reassess because we don't want to leave parents in the dark. Reporting to parents is huge. Many parents are concerned with kindergarten readiness. And so it's important for us to show them where their child is and show them where they can help along the way and help partner with us to really help move those kiddos forward in learning. 
Well, there you have it. I hope you can learn from some of my misplanning that I did when I was trying to get my assessments in order. But the biggest thing to remember is to be thoughtful and intentional with your assessments. With some planning and strategy, you can make assessments that are useful, helpful, and maybe even not such a daunting process. If you love the podcast, I would adore it if you would give it a review. I love to hear your feedback and it helps teachers like you vet this podcast as something helpful. Keep being lovely. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.